What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast, brought to you by Keeping Carlson. I'm your host, Louis Ezekiel, and joining me tonight, my pal and yours, Jeremy Versillo. Jeremy, how are you doing on this jam-packed, newsworthy Tuesday evening? Doing great. Excited to get to talk about all the news. There's a lot of guys we have planned on. Yeah, absolutely. A ton of action uh, in the works here. Um, yeah, I just a lot of uh, some high-scoring games going here. Lots of people uh, in and out of the lineup. So, yeah, plenty to cover. Um, why don't you go ahead and get us started? This was an unfortunate one because it fits a theme that we've seen lately of uh, players coming back from injury and then exiting with similar injuries. Uh, so some unfortunate news for us out of Ottawa. Yeah, unfortunately, Josh Norris is now done for the season, getting surgery on the shoulder that he tried to rehab. Uh, I saw rumblings that he had a couple opinions that said he should get the surgery in the first place, and it sounds like those were right. Right now, Ridley Gregg is the center two hopping in. Gregg is a rookie who has not played in the NHL yet, but has 23 points in 28 games in the AHL as a 21-year-old and has quite a bit of banger upside with pims and hits. So I don't expect it to stick, but it could be worth a shot short term if he does indeed stay there for games. So if it doesn't stick, are you thinking that you prefer Shane Pinto for the spot or Derek Broussard potentially, both guys that we've seen take over that role? I would prefer Pinto. I think the Ottawa coaching staff seems to really like him and he's kind of the future, while Broussard is just a fill-in on a team that doesn't look like they're going to playoffs. So I expect them to give Pinto the expanded role and the power play two time if he wasn't already getting it, which I don't remember. Yeah, I think that's definitely the way that I would lean as well. And I think that's a great point. Like if, if your team's not going to hit the playoffs, then, you know, yeah, invest in that future. Give him the reps that he needs to, to become more confident. Uh, I like that idea for sure. Um, and, and, you know, uh, like I said, we, you know, this is part of kind of a pattern maybe that we've seen of players. Maybe not a pattern. Two does not make a pattern. But it unfortunately does fit right along with what we saw from Max Pacioretty, uh, who re-injured that Achilles. Um, so, you know, yeah, I just, I think we get very excited when we see news that somebody is coming back earlier than expected. Um, but if it's something structural, like I think it's different if it's Evander Kane, right, where it's kind of... Uh, not that, not that there was any real way to describe that injury as superficial, but you understand what I mean, that it's not, you know, something that is, uh, you know, a bone, a ligament, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I guess, uh, I think we should maybe, uh, lean on the side of caution and hope that our players come back when they're fully ready, not as fast as humanly possible. But, um, speaking of outjuries and returns, uh, we had Rupe Hintz making his return to the stars lineup. Uh, he did not right away. Uh, return to his usual um, line for, you know, with, with Pavelski and Robertson. Uh, and actually, Sagan, Pavelski, Robertson had been very good at even strength. Um, over the last three games, they were taking 67% of the shots when they were on the ice. Uh, they scored three goals versus only giving up one. Um, but I think that the power play, and again, this is a relatively small sample size looking at those last three games, but the power play did seem to suffer um, they had about nine minutes of power play time, uh, and the Sagan Ben Pavelski Robertson 
uh, power play managed one goal with hints back and only took 25 seconds uh, for him to feed Ben for a power play goal there. So uh, you have to imagine, even though Sagan enjoyed some time on the top line at even strength, he didn't get that power play one uh, with hints back. You can't imagine that uh, he's going to return uh, probably after the success that they had on their one power play. Uh, so that makes him less appealing. Uh, and, you know, like I said, I'm sort of burying the lead here, but towards the end of the game versus Biff Buffalo, hence Pavelski and Robertson made its return. So, uh, I would say it's possible, even likely, uh, for hints to, to debut next game at line one at even strength, which would make Sagan line two, power play two, and waiver fodder. If I'm holding Sagan, I might wait and see. Uh, just in case they decide to keep uh, that top line together and spread out the offense a little bit. You know, it could have just been a catch-up method um, in that game against Buffalo. But uh, ultimately, you know, I would be I would be pretty ready to, to drop at a moment's notice if I were holding Tyler Sagan. Pretty much. I think Sagan re-enters, I'll call it high-end streamer territory, where maybe a team that's been hit by some injuries or isn't very good is holding him for longer term for everyone else. Just don't feel bad dropping him. Uh, hold him if you want to wait a few more games. But I think this is going to normalize back to where it was before Hints got hurt. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Next up, we have a player who won't be playing due to personal reasons tomorrow, Wednesday. It's uh, Evander Kane. It sounds like the personal reasons is related to his legal case in California with the bankruptcy filing that he had last year. So just throw him on your IR for a game and grab a streamer. Hopefully he'll be back by Saturday. Yeah, I'm sure uh, he would rather be playing a hockey game, uh, no doubt. Uh, Another big uh, outjury belongs to Chris Letang, uh, who returned tonight. Uh, One goal, one assist so far in a high-scoring game. I believe right now it's 5-4 in favor of Florida, but of course, uh, you know, it could change. It will likely have changed. You know how it ended by the time you're listening to this one. Uh, not on power play one. Petrie practiced there and is playing there during this game. Uh, again, imagine it's just a matter of time um, before ultimately we see uh, Latang reestablish himself in that power play one spot. Um, so, you know, uh, nothing to worry about. I don't think from Latang. obviously he is a, a back with a vengeance. It looks like one of his goals appears to be a tip in. Uh, so way to go Latang, getting down and crashing the net. Love to see that. Um, there was another kind of oddity, uh, with this game as well, uh, with the goaltending, we kind of got some confusing results. Yeah. So Tristan Jerry was scheduled to start the game as usual. And then warmups came and Jerry was not out there. And Casey DeSmith took all of the reps during warmups. And Jerry isn't even dressed as the backup. They have an e-bug as the backup goalie today, apparently. So I expect after the game ends, which it's in the third period now and will not end before this podcast does, we will know how long that injury is, or maybe he just had food poisoning and will be back for the next game. But in the meantime, I added Casey to Smith, and I kind of regret it. He's given up five goals today, although he's faced quite a few shots. Uh, yeah, I feel like we had this discussion two weeks ago, and you were skeptical on DeSmith, Smith, and maybe you were right. 
Well, maybe I was right, but I don't always take my own advice because a guy that I advocated against last week was Alex Lyon, and I ended up picking him up, and he has just allowed his fifth goal uh, starting the second game of this back-to-back. He also posted negative points yesterday. I believe he's still in the positive by our league scoring, but uh, yeah, it has not been a super fun couple days for Alex Lyon. Uh, He may have a little bit of a uh, suntan from the goal light going off behind him. Uh, He may need to, you know, apply some aloe. Uh, But so, yeah, that was an interesting one. So uh, Spencer Knight was back, but Lyon got the start. So I guess he's not back all the way. But I would imagine uh, that as soon as Knight is, you know, feeling healthy enough and ready to go, they're going to give him as much as uh, he can shoulder uh, because the Alex Lyon experience has not been uh, very exciting. Yeah, and in addition to Knight, it sounds like Bobrovsky was only guaranteed to miss the Monday-Tuesday back-to-back. So by Friday and Saturday, when Florida plays their next two games, you could see Knight in one and Bobrovsky in the other, and Alex Lyon will be nowhere to be seen. Yeah, as if you needed more uh, inspiration to ditch the guy. I think uh, I think his time is pretty much wrapped up. Uh, all right. We've got another uh, couple bits of injury news here to talk about. Um, one is Gabe Velarde has been out the last few games with an injury that coincided perfectly with me picking him up healthy and then uh, being moved to out and then being moved to uh, IR. So uh, that has left Jarrett Anderson Dolan getting the majority of power play time Uh Let's see. Now, counting tonight's game three games ago, there was no power play in the last game. Uh, he did score two goals against Chicago on five shots uh, in their most recent game prior to Tuesday, um, but otherwise just had one point in the last 15 games. Uh, he is um, filling in for Velarde on line three also with Lazat and Fiala. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, the what have you done for me lately is pretty strong with those two goals and with that blitz of shots. And so that's obviously very nice to see. Um, but we're going to talk about some streak guys coming up here that I think I would prefer, uh, over seeing, uh, Anderson Jolin, J-A-D. Um, so, you know, I would be, it's an interesting spot maybe, but I, I'm not anxious to go out and grab him compared to some of these guys we're going to talk about, uh, scoreless tonight so far, uh, in the Kings game. Yeah, I generally agree with you. Anderson Dolan, while he does have three shots tonight and has played half the power play time in 13 minutes total, he's really only relevant in the deepest of deep leagues. Yeah, you know, he could be maybe a bit of a coattail rider potentially, but, you know, we haven't seen a ton from him outside of, you know, bottom six experience. And I'm not sure that being elevated uh, to the third line, so to speak, is necessarily uh, kind of the breakout that, that he sort of needs to be to be fantasy relevant. Uh, and then we got some updates on all of these injured blues. Why don't you tell us about those, Jeremy? Yeah. Uh, so the two injured Blues who returned in tonight's game were Tori Krug and Vladimir Tarasenko. And Krug has two points. I do not believe Tarasenko has any, as the Blues are down 4-2 to two, last I checked. Yep, you got it. Uh, and then meanwhile, the Blues lost a player to injury. Pavel Buchnevich got a minor surgery related to an infection on his ankle from a previous injury. There was no timeline given, but... Minor surgery to me implies he'll be back as soon as they're able to remove the stitches and it'll be two to three weeks tops. 
Yeah, I would say probably two to three weeks might even be uh, might even be stretching it a bit. You know, the way that these guys kind of are able to come back. But uh, I'm no doctor, right? I only play one on a podcast, so I'm not prepared to uh, declare that officially. Um, all right, Jeremy, we are going to head into a break here when we come back. Uh, we've got some players we want to talk to. Uh, a Mia Culpa from Elon, some hot and cold streaks. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. Uh, the first thing I sort of teased here a little bit, and, and I'm, I'm only reading what the card says because Elon put this card on the Trello. It says Jack Roslovic sucks and Elon was dumb for recommending him on the mega show. Uh, I, I went ahead and added a few more details here. Um, J Rowe, not the good J Rowe, which would be Jason Robinson. Uh, but Jack Roslovic managed to play Robertson, goodness, managed to play with Line and Gaudreau for only five even strength minutes before getting demoted. Uh, Jenner was back on that top line for almost 10 minutes through the remainder of the game. Uh, and this one reminds me of the 1999 J-Row Classic. If you had line one, you might remember it. If you do, sing it right along with me. Jack, you had line one. Elon gave you all his trust, no comfort for him. And if you knew line one was simply an illusion, did you lie to him so his teams won't win? So yeah, uh, that one goes out to anybody who lived in the grips of debilitating puberty in the late 90s. Uh, speed the podcast app up, and I promise you it will sound just like it did back then. Um, but there's a little bit for Elon, uh, who I'm sure will appreciate us coming on to me a call before him. Yeah, not interested in Roslovic if he is off the top line. Even when he was on the top line, it was hard for him to be relevant. Uh, congrats, Boo Jenner, for reasserting yourself there. Uh, and that was kind of a fun game uh, with Johnny Gaudreau making his return to Calgary. Uh, I imagine the place might have uh, might have gone really crazy if he had converted on his penalty shot. But I think the moment was too big for him. He shot it wide. Yeah, that was a beautiful serenade by you. Uh, my round of applause <laughs> goes out. Uh, why don't you give Elon some props now and talk about someone the main show got perfectly right? Ah, yes, that's a great transition. Um, so uh, Vic the Stick Olafson, uh covered on the Sunday show uh, with some extra games coming up thanks to the rescheduling. Keep an eye out for this guy as a potential streamer and somebody who could uh, squeeze a couple games into your week. Up to nine goals and one assist with 32 shots on goal in his last 10 games. This is the Olafson that we really liked back when he was first kind of breaking through, taking a ton of shots, scoring goals, getting very few assists, very Cy Young experience with him. Uh, so overall, um, yeah, my feeling is very much I, I'm into Olafson. I'm definitely keeping an eye on him in leagues where he is available. Uh, he's been getting snatched up fast in a lot of places. Um, but this was one that the that the mega show really nailed. Uh, so Roslovic, not so great. Olafson, uh, very nice selection. And uh, hopefully you ran out and got the one and maybe not the other. Uh, he's also got a teammate. A uh, guy near and dear to my heart, since he uh, is a former Michigan Wolverine, uh, who's starting to come into his own a little bit uh, for Buffalo as well. Yeah, we're talking about Owen Power. He scored his first goal of the season, believe it or not, last night versus Dallas, and followed it up with another one against St. Louis tonight. He's been shooting more, getting on the power play, along with playing the 20 to 25 minutes he's been playing all season. I'm now looking at his game log in. He's got three games in his last 10 with over 25 minutes time on ice as a rookie, which is really impressive. I'm not too interested in in fantasy yet. I think he's got some growing to do contribution-wise, but I'm really excited for the future. This kid's going to be a stud in the league. 
Yeah, I think, you know, there's a little bit of a ceiling on him just because sort of like your Bowen Byrams and your Devon Taves, there's some pretty formidable uh, obstacles between him and playing time, namely Rasmus Dahlin. I suppose the others are not, are not too much of an, of an obstacle there, but, you know, that's just something to keep an eye on. Um, love the big minutes, obviously, you know, especially with defensemen who are, you know, more likely to pick up some of those peripherals, uh, when they have, you know, uh, more minutes to, to be getting in front of pucks and delivering hits and all that kind of thing. Um, you really like to see that. So, uh, it seems like he has the coach's trust, uh, which is obviously good with newer players. Uh, everything seems to be, you know, happening the way that you would sort of want it to if you were uh, a power owner, especially in like a dynasty league. So, uh, good to see. And as you said, you know, maybe not someone that you should be rushing out to grab necessarily in the moment, unless, you know, like we said, those extra Buffalo games coming up could be useful for you. Um, but, you know, just as you're thinking about the future. Um, you know, he's going to have a point where he is breaking out and you want to be just ahead of the curve uh, when it comes time to grab him. Agreed on power there. I've been uh, recently offered a couple trades for him in my dynasty league, and none of them have been interesting, even though I do kind of need a rental defenseman. I would rather take my chances this year and hold on to Owen power because of the future looking so bright. Right on. Uh, all right. So this is, you know, a team that I think at the start of the year, we sort of thought we weren't going to be talking about so much, but they've come up so frequently. And I think part of it is because their players are available because people don't have a ton of faith in their offense. But once again, we have turned into a Philadelphia Flyers fan cast. Uh, we've got Kevin Hayes. What has Kevin Hayes been up to that is making him so noteworthy uh, for us to be bringing him up in our hot streaks? Well, he has been red hot lately, which is kind of funny because from, if you remember less than a month ago, he was healthy scratched and fighting with the coach. But in his last 10 games, not counting tonight, he has six goals, five assists, and is averaging over four shots a game. And he has another assist tonight. So the streak keeps going. He has a game in there with nine shots, another with six, a few with four and five. He's looking like the Flyers' best player right now, which is impressive given how many Flyers we've talked about in the past two weeks of me being on the show. Yeah, you know, I don't want to... This feels like a, a big-time, like, feelings ball kind of take, but, it you know, we've seen a couple examples where players are benched for a game. You know, this is not like the... Uh, we're not talking about, like, the banished to Siberia by the coach fate of your Marco Rossi's out there. But, um, you know, we saw Dylan Strom uh, take a benching and come back and score two goals. We saw Kevin Hayes uh, take a benching and then come back and, you know, put together this hot streak. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's something to it. Uh, something I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on anyway the next time I see a player kind of get, you know, kind of loudly and publicly scratched. Uh, that might be someone that I'm interested in streaming for that next game. If they fit into my schedule, if the opponent is right, uh, you know, sometimes there's a fire lit under that, butt. it seems like at least in a couple examples recently, speaking of fires being lit, we got to talk about some flames here, uh, specifically Andrew Mangiapane, uh, a guy who has definitely been, you know, just, I feel like he spent the whole season kind of just on the cusp of adworthy, uh, but also oftentimes right in drop territory. Um, but he's been, off really nice lately. Uh, a goal and two assists in that big game against Columbus, helping to spoil Gaudreau's return. Uh, also took five shots during that game, eight points over the last seven. You know, the, the same kind of line two power play two deployment we've gotten used from him hanging out with guys like Backlund and Coleman. Um, so not thrilling, but, you know, this is a guy who... 
you know, took us on a wild ride at the start of last season, converting at a really monster pace uh, with his shooting. And if he can go on another run like that, uh, definitely, you know, he was, he was the player to own, you know, kind of to start off last season. So not someone to totally discount. Definitely a guy I've got on my watch list. Um, and, you know, uh, if there's a spot where I can, I can get him in, uh, uh, one more guy that I'm, I'm interested in. The next two we're going to talk about, not really available, uh, in leagues just about anywhere, but every once in a while, you got to just give credit where it's due and, uh, cheer for some players who are widely, widely owned, but are doing awesome for the GMs who own them anyway. Uh, start us off with yours and then I'll get to mine here, Jeremy. Yeah, William Nylander has been on fire also. He had four-point game his last game, a three-point game a couple nights ago. He's also averaging more than four shots a game. He's actually on a higher point pace than Austin Matthews this year. So Leafs fans get very excited. I think this is really his coming out party, and he's turned into a true star in the league. Yeah, I know you're not shading me intentionally, but it does break my heart a little bit as a Matthews owner who paid big for him to hear about that shot rate. One thing I will say is, uh, Matthews is beating him in blocked shots for what, you know, I think they talked about this, but, you know, just, uh, he's been stepping in front of more pucks lately. I think he had five blocks in that last game. So that at least added, uh, some nice points to his total. He did get a power play goal too, so I shouldn't complain too much, but uh, I've just been a bit salty about him all season long. Uh, one more guy we got to talk about and give some credit to Linus Allmark broke a record, uh, and it was a record set actually by a previous Bruins goaltender and likely UC Saros childhood icon, Tiny Thompson, uh, who played back in 1992. He needed 28 games to reach 25 wins. Or I'm sorry, Olmark needed 28 games to reach 25 wins, beating out Tiny Thompson's 29. Uh, I am being told that as a history teacher, I am not allowed to use tickety. Uh, that was the 1929-1930 season. Um, but I mean... What more is this here to say about Olmark? And I think the Bruins in general, you know, just just give them the Vezina already, right? Yeah, I mean, it's been incredible, especially what the Bruins have managed to do on home ice. I can't wait to see what they do in the playoffs because that's going to be a huge storyline for real-life hockey, whether or not if they start losing games at home in the playoffs or how they're going to close out series and be untouchable or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. You wonder about the weight of expectations. You know, they're just playing so well and things are going so smoothly. Um, but, you know, it gets tougher, obviously, come playoff time. But uh, you have to imagine with the record that they have, their players ought to be well rested and uh, hopefully feeling good coming into the end of the season. Um, you know, and yeah, keep Allmark healthy. And I think the, the Bruins are going to be in really good shape. All right. Well, we have reached the end of another episode of Short Shift. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming along on this journey with me. Thanks for having me again, Lewis. It's been great. Yeah, such a pleasure. Uh, and Elon, I believe, is going to be filling in for me on Thursday. I have parent-teacher conferences, so I will be having the time of my life while you all are getting to enjoy some fantasy hockey content. So uh, have a great time with that. Always fun when Elon's on the show. Don't let him go for an hour if you can help it. Uh, and thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, please give us a follow at short shifts KK. You can of course find Brian and Elon at keeping Carlson. Also recommend you follow at game day lines at game day goalies at game day news, NHL, all organized nicely at game day Visit that site. And the other great sites we research our episodes with Yahoo frozen tools and natural stat trick our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. John Reed is our digital media producer. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short. 